On today's pod, we have Valeria interviewing Samantha, who is the president of both the Biomedical Science Course Union and STEM Fellowship Ryerson. They chat about the altruistic benefits of community involvement at Ryerson, how Samantha became involved in student groups, and how to actually enjoy your university experience. So please lean in and enjoy this conversation with Valeria and Samantha. All right, hello, welcome back to the pod. Today I have Samantha with me and we wanted to talk again, like with the podcast we had with Stephen Tran about some of the student groups that are at Ryerson because I thought it was really vital to interview some of the people that are heavily involved in these groups so that we can get a greater sense of the Ryerson community and student life, even during COVID, how it still somehow continues. So, Samantha, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Yeah. Uh, Hey, everyone. I'm Samantha. I'm a fourth-year biomedical science student at Ryerson, and I guess I can talk, I can introduce my positions. So, I am the current president of both the Biomedical Science Course Union and STEM Fellowship Ryerson. I know that you were a part of two other groups as well. Do you mind repeating them? Yep. So... I am also on the CAB Council, so CAB stands for Chemistry and Biology Department, and I help out with FROSH, and this year was on the Orientation Committee. Okay, cool. First of all, I wanted to ask what you do in these groups in terms of their events, their significance to the Ryerson community, and more their general aims. You can start with whichever ones that you think are the most important to you or that you enjoy the most. Or that you just have more to talk about, really? So the Biomedical Science Course Union. So what I do is, as president, I oversee the day-to-day operations and the other vice presidents. And I work alongside, especially with the vice president of student life and events. We work towards running events at least twice a month for students, even with everything being online. We spent the summer making all those adjustments, really thinking of what students would want to have happen. Our goal is to really strengthen the community within Biomed as well as science. We do welcome other students to our events. Not only do we run social events, we also run academic-related events and networking events. So not only do we want to strengthen the bonds within our community through social events, but we do want to encourage students to do well in their academic environment and in their work life and hopefully provide them with skills that could help them elsewhere. So I guess some examples of events that we have run in the past and are continuing to run are study nights, um, which can turn into social events as your friends and other peers within the program can show up. And a huge event that we do have um, is called Landing Your Dream Job, where we bring in uh, professionals within various industries of science to come and tell you about their their experience and their journey to where they are today. And students are granted the opportunity to ask their questions to each individual, which improves their morale in a sense, because a lot of them do have similar situations. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, I know that you mentioned that you spent a lot of time transitioning things to online. How was that? It was quite the challenge because it's a new environment for everybody. Uh, No one's ever really been 
completely 100% online. Yes, there's been one or two events that could happen online, such as uh, video training happens online from time to time. There's also some video classes that occur if you're doing distance education. But with the events that we've run, we've always sort of wanted it to be in person because you can make such greater connections than through a screen. Not that you can't make connections through a screen, but having that face-to-face interaction is always great. Uh, Transitioning online, I think the biggest issue or concern was the platforms we'd be able to use and how we would deliver the events and manage them as well. Cost wasn't really a concern because online platforms are for the most part free, but it was also a concern of grabbing students' attentions because we're already online every day. (laughs) It's like sitting at your desk all day can be a lot. And we wanted to be able to cater our events in a way it doesn't make them feel like they're just sitting at their desk for another couple hours um, in class. So that was one of the challenges is trying to find engaging events. Yeah, because you don't want to give people Zoom fatigue either. Exactly. I remember even during the first week of Frosh that I helped out with, it was kind of a warm up for me for the first week of actual classes because, and I remember feeling weirdly exhausted afterwards, even though I had just been at my desk most of the day. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Like with Frosh, um, I was basically at my desk all day because outside of the the science Frosh leaders, the OC team, we were always on our computer talking between events on the call. Um, so, you know, I stepped out for a few minutes, but had to come back and get back onto the call. So it did sort of prep for the first week of classes. And honestly, that fatigue hit after the first week of classes. I think I literally mm-hmm. passed out one day just on my bed. I was sitting there for a minute and then I was just gone. Yeah, it's it's difficult because you don't want to bore these people and you want to be still engaging students. Like even in person, sometimes it's difficult to engage students. So I'm sure it's been a challenge to figure out how to do that online, especially. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think part of the the transition was learning from our previous events that we've had, even if they were in person and and really implementing those improvements, such as improving the graphics we use, improving the methods of communications, especially in a time where we can't do in-person announcements at the front of the class. Uh, In previous situations, that really helped with gaining attendance to our events by having those in-person announcements, because I I feel like it felt more personal um, and not just some, some ad you're seeing on the internet. And so that's been an adjustment, but so far for events with both the BMSCU and then STEM fellowship, based on registration for future events, they've had positive uh, feedback. Oh, cool. Uh, I actually wanted to ask you about STEM fellowship because I knew you were a part of it, but I have no clue what they really do. (laughs) If I don't have a clue, I'm sure other students don't either. So would you mind explaining what you guys actually do because I've seen some of your events floating around but um but I I never understood like the main aim or what you guys like stood for if that makes sense 
Yeah, for sure. That's a totally fair question. A lot of people don't actually know what STEM fellowship is. It doesn't get the recognition that you think it would if you're on the inside. Um, but having joined it as a later chapter, you sort of understand why people don't know what it is because advertising isn't as great as it should be. Um, but essentially, STEM fellowship is is run nationwide. So there's chapters in different universities and in high schools. and the goal for STEM fellowship as a whole is to increase science communication, STEM empowerment, and data science education, amongst other things. And so as a chapter, what our personal goal is basically bring resources to our students that may not be accessible to them, or maybe they don't have the time to do a whole course about that one particular skill. So we want to bring that and we also want to showcase what our students have to offer and make sure that they're getting the resources they need um, for whether it's writing reports or learning different programming languages um, or applications. And, you know, STEM is not just science, it's also engineering. So we are pretty new. We started last year as our first year at Ryerson. Oh, I didn't so, know it was that new. I think yeah. it's established, like from what, like, I mean, that was a compliment. It seemed yes, like established. The whole thing, like, it seemed very professional, like not very much. You couldn't tell it's something that you've just started up. Is yes, I mean. thank you. No, I don't take any offense with that. Um, but yeah, it, it is pretty new. Last year was our first year of operation. And unfortunately, when most of our events were being planned to happen, COVID happened. So mm-hmm. a lot of it got canceled. But this year, making the transition to online was was better. And so, yeah, you've mentioned you saw the flyers going around and we run a lot of workshops. So we run uh, language workshops for Python and R right now. And we are looking to expand that as well. Um, and then we run also a new uh, launch from us is STEM into success and basically it's going to be a series of workshops where you get skills or you learn about things that will be very applicable, such as the upcoming one, which is guide to grad school, um, which can be very beneficial for third year, fourth year students who maybe have a lot of questions in that process. So STEM fellowship at Ryerson, what I would say our, our whole message to yeah, <laughs> is um, to be a support and a resource to students um, at Ryerson. So, yeah, yeah, that's really nice because I, uh, as you were speaking, I kept thinking like, this is really good. It's making education more, like even more accessible. And obviously, I, what was it? We were talking about it today in a class. I saw that you were in it <laughs> too, uh, with uh, like some of the elitism that can happen in science. And I think improving access to education mm-hmm. by doing those kinds of workshops really makes a huge difference. I, I mean, I think I was actually going to take the seminar for grad school, but then yes. I got busy with work or something, but I, I have the recording. I just need to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I think improving science communication and the way we deliver information is such a key concept. Like one of the workshops we do plan to have running is finding ideal resources um, because as a as any as a science major 
And this also goes for any STEM stream that needs to have some preliminary research uh, to do their projects, to do their research. It's finding ideal sources, finding those sources that are uh, reliable and have truth behind them is so important. And that's something that's entering as a first year, you don't really know how to do. Yeah, no, I definitely didn't know how to do it. And I'm still kind of learning. I mean, we yeah. all are, right? But uh, exactly. I, wanted, I wanted to move on to the next question that I wanted to ask you, which is, why do you even enjoy participating in these kinds of groups? Is it like, what do you get out of it? Or what do you think other students would get out of it if they were also to join such groups or clubs and be a part of the community in the way that you are? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Honestly, a lot of people think I do it for the application. They're like, why would you ever want to hold a position like that or multiple positions like that? Yeah, um, honestly, like at first you seemed a little bit insane to me because I, I was just thinking, like, how does she do her work? Like, how does she get her schoolwork done? I, I don't, <laughs> I'm already struggling at this point, like three weeks into the semester to keep on top of everything. So I can't imagine what it must be like for you. It must be a lot of stress at times, but I'm sure there's something that's worth it, right? Yeah. If not, definitely. why would you be doing it? Exactly. And that's something I, I want to tell people is before I go into my answers, don't get involved for your application because then it just becomes something you don't want to do. Mm -hmm. um, like a chore. Exactly. Um, but I actually love being involved in the community. I... I don't know how to explain it, but the feeling I get, like when somebody asks me, like even in this situation, like, oh, why'd you do it? It's just like, I just love, I guess the community I, I get involved with and the connections I make and the experience it brings. I get to see a whole nother side of science at Ryerson, of student groups, of, of individuals at Ryerson too. So it's not just interactions within the classroom, it's interactions outside of it. It's getting to know a team and working with with 10 members or more throughout the entire year and developing those friendships. It's it's a very rewarding feeling to be able to run a, a student group or two and have those events be successful, have students be like, yeah, I love this event. Thank you for hosting it or I got so much out of it. It's it makes me proud of myself. So there's a sense of pride in that way. And it makes me happy that I could help somebody else and I can give them a better experience while they're at university. You know, university mm -hmm. is very stressful. <laughs> it can be. And getting involved for me is sort of what is fun for me in a way, as much as that sounds weird. Um, Cause that I do get, I get to go to those events. I get to plan those events. I get to be a part of extended communities and, or closer knit communities and really sort of leave my mark on, on the place I'm in. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the satisfaction of putting all the work in and then you see it, the outcome and it comes out well. And then people would tell you like, oh, I really like this event. I'm sure that feels amazing. And it's also just basic altruism, right? Yeah. Yeah. I guess like you could think of it like building a house from the bottom up. Um, especially when I, when I first joined the BMSCU, actually I was second year rep. So obviously I was in second year and it was, it was run good. I'm not, I'm not dishing on any, um, previous presidents here, 
Um, but there was so much room for improvement. And we, what I saw was sort of a lack of a leader in that role. And I immediately wanted to step up and I was like, you know, I see so much for this club. I can see us doing so much better. And so that was my sort of first stride into that. And then I guess the same thing with STEM fellowship was we were starting up, we were a new club, we were getting ratified and, you know, building from there. It's, you put all this work onto it to build this house and that house will stay standing. Yeah, that's a really nice sentiment. I think that's also like a good reason why people should get involved because it's not even just a thing that you can do for applications, but it's also very fulfilling in a lot of ways. And it's really easy to just go to university, not talk to anybody, go home, study, repeat every day for like four months at a time. And th that's never fun. That was literally my first semester. And because I wasn't very keen on getting involved, but once I started getting involved in more things outside of just the classroom, it really made the university experience so much better for me, less stressful, more friends, just overall <laughs> like improved my well-being. So I can't really say anything bad about getting involved except for maybe like make sure it doesn't interfere with your academics but usually like in those cases people will be understanding yeah. if you can't go to a meeting or something like for whatever reason right oh yeah we are for sure understanding I always tell any of the members if you cannot make it just let me know tell me your reason why and that will be put down in our notes and we understand we are all students here too um you know we expect the same understanding in return yeah, it just seems like a really nice community, like very supportive and like you get to work together and then create like a little baby of like an event <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah. it, it must feel really good. Um, so now that we've like touched on the positive, I wanted to ask what your least favorite part of participating in these kinds of things is. Like okay. maybe a pet peeves, what bugs you the most or just... Like, the, I don't want to say downfalls, but maybe the negatives of it. Not that I want to be negative, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I get what you're saying. I would say, well, that's a hard question. But I think one of the downfalls or I guess negatives of being involved can sometimes be dealing with individuals who may not necessarily have the same standpoints as the rest of the team or maybe they're just slacking off I've had experience with this in the past and it was just it's very stressful having to deal with that situation on top of dealing with the events you're running on top of organizing um you know your meetings and attending classes and taking notes and your own personal work outside of it because I work part-time as well and having an individual who just doesn't mesh with your team can sometimes be very much tiring and be a downfall. And so I think that also makes hiring process kind of difficult if we're hiring and we're trying to find an individual, not to say we're, we're only looking for someone who meshes with the team. That's never it. We, we look for qualifications first. And then we look at what, who we think would fit best with the team based on how they come across in their interviews is super important. So making decisions like that, like in picking individuals over some or the other can be difficult. Um, 
and then dealing with difficult individuals um, who who are adamant in their standpoint or adamant that they completed that task when in actuality they didn't. Um, that is a very stressful part of being involved and having a position of authority in student group. Yeah, I, I'm sure, especially because then being the leader, the responsibility would fall on you. So it's kind of like a group presentation or a group project where you have that one person that's not really doing the work. And then, yeah, yeah. it just, I, that, I can't imagine that being a good experience. <laughs> How do you deal with those things when they do come up? I think um, when these situations do come up, it's dealing with it right away and not procrastinating on it like I potentially could with any other thing. Um, dealing with them right away, getting all the facts straight um, is important. So in situations like those, typically what I do, so I guess the specific example would be this person claims they did the work, but other people are saying they didn't. I am like, I'm like, okay, I have separate conversations. You tell me your whole side of it. Tell me your, all of your opinions. I don't read them. I leave them alone. And then I go look at the documents or the files and questions or whatever else, emails, et cetera. We use a Google Drive. I always recommend that with any teamwork, use a Google Drive <laughs> because it allows me to see version history, who contributed to what, and I really get to the bottom, it's, bottom of it. So I really try to do sort of my own research on it, look into everything. Um, also get sometimes outside opinions from individuals not directly in the conflict. And then after I'll look at their opinions and I'll either, I'll talk to them one-on-one -on -one first, give either side, hey, yes, according to what you said and according to what I found, this matches or this does not match. Um, we can have a meeting to talk about it more in person and we can meet with the other individuals involved in this thing and really sort of hash out what's going on here. Um, you know, I, I don't want anything negative. And if it's something that has to be repeated to so say, it's like, um, I don't know, this person didn't, uh, submit our check racks. I'm like, if this happens again, you'll be on your strike too, essentially. Or if, if they didn't, if they actually did submit it and the other person is like, yeah, no, I did. They didn't. I'd ask for, why do you believe that? You know, I, I dig a bit deeper, but there'd sort of be like a warning system in place. Uh, you know, there's always that sort of system in place that if this person's not meeting what the constitution says, then we have to, at some point, think about um, replacing them, which is always sad. You never want to think about that. I don't like doing that. Yeah, no, but definitely. It, I think that's probably one of the other like negatives of it. You don't want to end up having to reprimand anybody, especially yeah. if they're your peers, right? Exactly. Sure yeah. And it's just never, I'm sure it's never really <laughs> a, a pleasant process, but no, I think it's one that's important that you deal with, with grace and like with at least like, I'm sure you show us like some concern and it's good that you guys have a specific system in place for when those things do happen, because if you don't, <laughs> then <laughs> how do you expect things to turn out when they do? Because inevitably like conflict is going to arise. Humans are never going to like get along in perfect harmonies and kumbaya. So <laughs> I think that's really good the way that you would deal with those things and 
I think it doesn't really lead into it, but I think what may be important to mention mention is the importance of community involvement, why you would encourage other people to be involved and uh, how you would go about that. If let's say like your elevator pitch, if you want to, you want to put it that way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it's funny in the summer I got approached about writing a piece for community involvement. Uh, so it always comes up <laughs> in this position. Um, but I 100% encourage students to get involved even if it's not within a position on your course union community involvement can mean a lot of different things it can mean volunteering it can mean having a position on a student group within your community it could mean just attending those events and I strongly encourage for students to attend those events because you're in university you're in university and you're in your you know, late teens, early 20s, <laughs> this is the time to sort of live. And I think a lot of people just sort of forget that and they focus so much on the studies that they have no experience. It's the one thing I want to, I, I say to people when they ask about involvement, I'm like, well, what do you want to remember when you look back on this experience? Do you want to say, I spent my, the last four to whatever years just studying or I went to this really good event, this really huge networking event and met a bunch of cool individuals and made some lifelong connections. And I think that's one of the important takeaways when thinking about if you want to get involved or not is, do you want to have more to your experience of university? Do you, are you happy with what's going on right now? Do you want to branch out, make friends, be a part of something that did something that you enjoyed. So if you've attended events in the past, hey, think about, I want to get involved. Well, great. Do you want to be involved on that aspect where you want the events you attended or do you want to get involved in a different way? There's so many different opportunities and they're not all the same. So I think another piece of advice when thinking about community involvement is thinking what really matters to you and what type of message you want to leave and send. Because when you are involved, whether you realize it or not, you are sending a message and leaving sort of a footprint behind. Oh yeah, I think it's really nice that you bring up how it's going to affect how you look back on your university experience, especially, like, I think I can definitely relate to that because for my first year, I was involved, but just minimally. And I think that I only really started to have a good university experience once I did start to get involved in things outside of just my studies or just things that I wanted to do for applications. And it's just a really great way to find like-minded people. I, I find that just joining maybe a group that you have interest in or joining a group that aligns with your values or that you feel is doing something good for your community, for your university, for the people that you're around and the people that you're friends with is very empowering as well and just feels good. I don't think it's, it's a, it can bring some stress if you don't know how to go about it, but I think for the most part, it's really good. No, for sure. I think finding a group of individuals, even as friends, that align with the values you have is so important because 
you know, you, you enter university and there's hundreds, sometimes thousands, depending what school you go to, of individuals you're surrounded with every single day, basically. And I think it's important to find the people that you fit, fit in with. And I think being a part of student groups and any other types of groups within your community is such a good way to go about doing that. Even if it's just attending their events too, you'll find similar people who will go to those events um, and who are already a part of that community. And you can make really strong connections and friendships that way. I have friends in who, who have graduated um, from meeting them through student groups who I wouldn't have otherwise known. But yeah, I, I find that um, even just professionally and personally, it's really nice to be able to find your people. Because if not, then what's kind of the point of getting this education if you're just going to be unhappy the entire time? Yeah, exactly. I think it's important to realize that university shouldn't just be studying. You shouldn't I mean, if you love studying and it truly makes you happy, which I don't know who does that, but then that's great. <laughs> but for the vast majority, I think finding those experiences that that will leave an impressionable memory for you and actually make you happy and have a good time, that that's really important too. I think it's it's great to have a balance. Another thing, kind of off topic right now, but I wanted to ask you how you actually got involved with these student groups, how you kind of like came into that, or if you have always been like this, like maybe even from high school and you started like right from the get-go in first year? Yeah, that's a good question. So I guess I like being involved in high school. I was involved in a group called DECA that was business oriented. Um, so I was a part of an executive team when I was in grade 10. And then I was president for two years um, after. And first year, I actually wasn't involved in any student groups on campus. Um, yeah, a lot of people don't believe it, but I, I'm quite, I can be quite shy <laughs> and uh, very, get very nervous around people. But and when approaching new situations. So first year, I wasn't involved at all on campus. I just stuck with my group of friends and stuck to myself. And I actually ended up getting involved um, in April, March, when the Biomedical Science Course Union was running, running elections. And my friend who wanted to apply to, um, to be VP events of that year was like, you should run for second year up. Cause I was like interested, but not completely interested. Cause at the time I was still in sort of my shell and I'm like, I need a friend. I can't go in without a friend. <laughs> um, so I ran and well, nobody ran against me. Like, I mean, <laughs> it's just a second year rep. I don't think a lot of people knew about it. To be honest, when you're in first year, you don't really know about the opportunities available, but I, I ran and I got it. And it basically all throughout second year, I was just making announcements, attending events, talking with people, helping my friend plan events for the BMSCU. And then the following year, elections came back around and I voiced to the team, the individuals who were staying as well. And I was like, I, I want to run for president. Uh, what do what you guys think? You what made me want to? <laughs> so I think it was just all the potential that I could see within this group. So and this doesn't happen for a lot of people, but when I, sometimes when I see things for improvement 
a lot of people will say, oh, it's not my issue. <laughs> but for me, it's like, I could see us doing this. This needs improvement. I could see us going in this direction in the future. And I think what I wanted to do with running for president was because I really wanted to take hold and implement new actions that if maybe if I didn't run might not have happened. So I could have run for any other position. I could have ran for VP finance, VP, VP academic, something that doesn't have as much responsibility, but I wanted to see the change and I wanted to be a part of the team that made the change. And I think taking on the president role was really the only way that it could be guaranteed that change would happen. Mm -hmm. Like you kind of saw it and you, that's a really good quality to have that you take it into your own hands to be the change that you want to see basically. Exactly. Um, and then I guess for, that's how I stayed on too as president is I, I just ran again and all the remaining members who were coming again, supported me and running again. Uh, hopefully the same <laughs> happens next year uh, as I have a fifth year, but first STEM fellowship, actually, I was approached by one of our upper year students. Well, he's graduated now, <laughs> but he was an upper year at the time. I was at the end of my second year and um, he was like, yeah, I'm putting together a team where we hope to get ratified by Ryerson Science Society. Would you be interested in any of the following positions? If you are, just send me your resume and let me know which position you are interested in. And so I did. And uh, at first I was, so last year I was VP of external affairs. So handled a lot of communications and any external events that were happening. And from there, when he left, it was sort of, it was hard. So it's like I said, it was the first year of operation. So when he graduated and it was just three of us there um, who are still here now, and we've since expanded the team very widely um, it was sort of, well, who would take over and who would uh, take that position? And I think part of it was I had the experience of being president, but also, um, you know, it's individuals have certain traits and qualities and characteristics, and each one can fit into different roles. And I think responsibilities sort of fit in with that. Like, if you are a very creative person, and you like to, you know, make posters, you wouldn't really want to go into a finance role. You'd want to go into a marketing role. Mm -hmm. And I think it was between the three individuals who remained, it was just finding what position works and looking at our experience. And then I guess the same thing too is vision. The vision I saw for the club as well and what we could do in the next year. Yeah, you seem like you've always been kind of, you naturally gravitate towards leadership positions, even from high school, from what you're telling me. Uh, do you think there's any specific reason for that or no? I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I have gotten that a lot actually from a high school uh, teacher as well. When talking with my parents at the time, when I was graduating and deciding what I would want to do, uh, she was like, yeah, Samantha is a leader. Like, And I was like, well, that's very... Thank you. Flattering. <laughs> That's flattering and, and nice of you to say. At the time, I was 18 and didn't really think much of it. Um, 
I was like, it's fine. I just, I don't think there's a, a particular reason why. And I, and I'm not going to say it's just something you're born with. Cause that sounds very cliche, but I think it's just, it depends on who you are as a person. And I think it also depends on how you like to handle situations, whether you want to be the person in the backseat or you want to sort of be that navigator, the person who's driving. And not to say that that person in the backseat doesn't have a voice. They do. They can help you. <laughs> but yeah. it's... Like every team needs like each of their working parts to like I... function as a whole. I guess the role of a leader would be more to direct what's happening, if that makes sense. Because without any direction, how would anything get done? Exactly. And I think it's not just direction, but also managing and checking in. And I think that's also a huge quality that leaders need to have. A lot of times you don't see that is they, some leaders just don't have any empathy. And I think that's a huge characteristic that is needed is to be understanding, to check in and, and to just be a support system to your other team members as well, not just directing them and tell, and not saying that I'm telling them what to do, but sort of be a guide for them when they need it as well. That's super nice to hear because like, it makes me really happy to hear that within our university, there are people that are leading these groups that understand that empathy is such an important thing to have in that position of leadership. Because if you don't have empathy for the people around you and you're kind of just either directing them or reprimanding them, it's not going to First of all, it's not really going to make you likable. Second of all, it's just not the best way to treat people. I've always found that treating people with like more concern and empathy is a much better motivator than scolding them constantly. And I think that that's uh, really great that you're one of the people uh, that would be the, <laughs> that would choose to lead with empathy. Yeah, no, I agree. I think scolding people, it, it, you don't get the best response from scolding. And from being, you know, I guess what society would define as a cold, uh, detached leader, it's you're not connected with your team. You're not if you're not connected with your team, you're not really knowing how things are going, how if things are even running smoothly. I feel like having those bonds with each of your members allows for a more efficient, smooth running community and you actually end up with those connections rather than, yeah, I just know this person. And I think we're about to run out of time soon. So the last thing I did want to ask you was, what is your most favorite positive anecdote or experience from your time in participating in these things? Maybe it's an event, maybe it's an interaction, whatever first comes to mind. I think my favorite experience that's a hard one. There's a lot. <laughs> um, okay, let me think. I think my favorite experience would have to be with the Biomedical Science Course Union. This was in my first year of being a part of it as a so I was second year up, and we threw the landing your dream job event. So this was already an annual event that happened, but from what we heard, it had never been that successful. And I was a part of the planning for it with one of my close friends who at the time was the VP events. And, you know, I was recruiting individuals to attend and 
as much as <laughs> that sounds intimidating, I was reaching out to, to surgeons, to doctors, and getting replies back from them was just so satisfying in a way. And it felt like oh, I'm this important person. And actually, one of them did attend. And this individual actually was is in my desired profession as a cardia, cardiothoracic surgeon. And he, he literally, like this just left the lasting impression. He came directly from a surgery. And then like right as the event was ending, he had to leave for another surgery, for an emergency surgery. And that actually that event had an amazing turnout. We were expecting 50 and about 80 students showed up. So it was packed the room where there's chairs everywhere and all the speakers who did attend were great and it was well-versed and listening to those professionals at the time it was it was amazing just to hear about their their progress to where they are today and how they're still progressing and all the advice they had to give yeah I can hear the excitement in your voice a little bit (laughs) Hopefully I get the chance to attend that because honestly, I don't think that I've, I think I've seen it floating around, but I don't think I've ever attended one just because of like scheduling issues. Right. But hopefully yeah. I can get, to, can get to do that this year. Cause that sounds like a lot of fun actually. Uh, I think we can end it off there. Uh, is there anything you wanted to say before we leave off or no? Um, no, but just thank you for having me. It was great answering your questions and you know great talking about all the experiences it it really really what I needed today (laughs) it was really nice uh talking to you as well and I'm really happy that it could be (laughs) that thing that you needed thank you for joining me as well and I hope you have a nice night (laughs) thanks all right all right bye goodbye